Well, good morning. Welcome to the Eureka Presbyterian Church, and thank you all for coming this morning. Today's message is titled, Second Chance, and it's based on Jonah 3, verses 1 through 10, and we'll be looking at that in a little bit. A little girl was talking to her teacher about whales, and the teacher said, it's physically impossible for a whale to swallow a human. Because even though whales are large mammals, their throat is relatively small. Then the little girl said, but Jonah was swallowed by a whale. Then the teacher repeated, a whale could not possibly swallow a human. Then the little girl said, well, when I get to heaven, I will ask Jonah. Then the teacher asked, well, what if Jonah went to hell? Then the little girl replied, then you ask him. <laughs> the theme today is second chance. And in the case of Jonah, and often in life, a second chance comes after being saved or rescued. And let me illustrate this with a story. Growing up in Holland, vacation meant a trip to the east part of the country. Well, for those who may not know how big Holland is, Holland is a pretty small country. It's about 200 miles long, 100 miles wide. And so when we went on vacation, we went to the east part of Holland where we had some family who had a farm with some pigs and chickens and, and, and cattle. And I remember one particular time playing with my cousins outside the barn. There was a large concrete cistern full of liquid manure. And somehow the lid of this underground tank had been removed. And being kids being kids, while not paying attention, I remember falling backwards in this manure tank. I was about five years old at the time, being completely submerged in liquid manure. And I felt a hand grabbing me, kept grabbing me, I ride out. And this was my older cousin who rescued me. Well, by the grace of God, I'm forever thankful to my cousin for saving me from drowning in this manure pit. I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for him being there at the right place at the right time. Or here is another second chance illustration. In 1983, I spotted a job posting in a horticultural magazine in Holland for a lily grower position in America. Well, the president of the company at the time was in Holland to do some interviews. I interviewed with him and he offered me the job. Then I applied for a visa to work in America. But the application was denied based on some technicality. So I had a meeting with a ranking official at the consulate, the American consulate in Amsterdam. And eventually, months later, a second chance came for a work visa to be granted to work in America. On October 23, 1983, 
I boarded an airplane for America. And the rest is history. The Rose Bowl this year was between the University of Georgia and Oklahoma. For those who watched the game, that game lasted over four hours, resulting in a double overtime. The first time in Rose Bowl history. Both teams scored a combined 102 points, making it a Rose Bowl record. But Georgia overcame a 17-point deficit, the largest in Rose Bowl history, to win the game. But the pivotal moment came when Georgia got the ball back six seconds prior to halftime. And four seconds later, the team tried a 55-yard field goal. Now, earlier in the game, the kicker had actually attempted a 49-yarder and missed. But he got a second chance. And he made history by setting a Rose Bowl record for the longest field goal ever from 55 yards. Well, this Rose Bowl this year made me think about a story of the Rose Bowl in 1929 between Georgia Tech and Cal Berkeley. Berkeley player Roy Regals recovered a fumble, but he came confused, and he ran the wrong way, eventually resulting in two points for the opponent. At halftime, the players ran into the locker room and sat down, wondering what the coach would say. Now Roy sat all by himself, away from the other players. He put a towel over his head and he cried his heart out. He was so distraught and he told his coach, I can't go back. I have ruined you. I have ruined myself. I have ruined the school. I cannot face that crowd. And this is what the coach said. Roy, get up. Go back out there. The game is only half over. Well, Royce Regals played an outstanding second half. He became Berkeley's football captain the next season. And in World War II, he was an officer in the Army. In 1991, he was inducted in the Rose Bowl Hall of Fame. What a marvelous coach, giving Roy Regals a second chance. What an awesome God who gives a second chance to all who repent and humble themselves. Well, the Bible is full of stories where God is merciful in giving a second chance. Jacob is a perfect example. Jacob's name actually means deceiver. And he certainly lived up to his name. In Genesis 32-24, Jacob had an encounter with the Lord. And it changed his life. And with a changed life came a new name, Israel. 
Then Moses, he killed an Egyptian and he fled from Egypt, escaping to the land of Midian, present-day Saudi Arabia. And in Exodus 3.10, God gave him a second chance. Now Moses eventually delivered the children of Israel out of the hands of Pharaoh. Well, today's second chance story comes from Jonah. A book in the Bible covering only two pages. And the top10list.com of most popular Bible stories has the tale of Jonah listed at number 8. This story is well known, but it typically connotes a whale. And I asked some people what came to mind hearing the name Jonah. And most of the folks answered a whale. And the majority thought that the story ended when the whale spit out Jonah at the beach. But it's the second part of the story where the second chance comes into the picture. And this is what brings us to today's reading in Jonah 3, verses 1 through 10. If you would like, you can read along in the Bible on page 800. But we also have made it easy. We have it all up on the screen as well. So feel free to, to read along. The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, saying, Get up, go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah set out and went to Nineveh, according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly large city, a three days walk across. Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's walk. And he cried out, Forty days more, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh believed God. They proclaimed a fast. And everyone, great and small, put on sackcloth. When the news reached the king of Nineveh, he rose from his throne, removed his robe, covered himself in sackcloth, and sat in ashes. Then he had a proclamation made in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, no human being or animal, no herd or flock, shall taste anything. They shall not feed, nor shall, drink, nor shall they drink water. Human beings and animals shall be covered with sackcloth, and they shall cry mightily to God. All shall turn from their evil ways and from the violence that is in their hands. Who knows? God may relent and change his mind. He may turn from his fierce anger so that we do not perish. When God saw what they did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he said he would bring upon them. And he did not do it. Let's bow our heads. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light. 
In your truth, find wisdom. And in your will, discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Folks, that second part of the story of Jonah starts with the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. The word of the Lord. That saying repeats itself in the Old Testament over 2,000 times. The word of the Lord came to Abraham, Moses, David, Solomon, and all the prophets. Now the word of the Lord had come to Jonah the first time in the very beginning of the story. The Lord had told Jonah, get up, go to Nineveh, that great city. Now you may ask and wonder where Nineveh is. Well, the city of Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrians. It was the oldest and most populous city in the ancient Assyrian Empire, situated on the east bank of the Tigris River. Nineveh was located at an intersection of important north-south and east-west trade routes. Well, the old city and the ruins of Nineveh are surrounded by the city of Mosul in Iraq. In 2015, this was in the news, as ISIS militants destroyed artifacts in this ancient city and ruined some of its old gates. So when the Lord called the first time, Jonah didn't want to hear him. He wasn't about to be a preacher in a city full of wicked and mean people. His life wouldn't be safe telling these people to repent from their sins. So instead, he went to Joppa, just south of nowadays Tel Aviv. And he bought a ticket to go to this beach resort in Tarshish, far away. Well, it's not clear where exactly Tarshish was. But some scholars believe it had been in Spain. And we all know what happened next. The Lord brought a storm. The sailors were terrified. And eventually they threw Jonah overboard. But God wasn't done with Jonah. He had much bigger plans for him. So Jonah got saved and spent three days in the belly of a big fish. Well, just like the teacher and the little girl's conversation, there is much speculation if this really could have happened. Well, the truth is, it did. Rick, records of the British Admiralty show a story about a, na- a man named James Bartley, an apprentice seaman on a whaler who was swallowed by a whale in February of 1891, 200 miles east of the Falkland Islands in the South Atlantic. He spent two days in the stomach of a whale and survived to tell about it. But his skin was completely bleached, white from the experience. 
So Jonah survives to tell about it as well. He gets thrown on the beach and he just kind of stands there, kind of dazed, pulling some seaweed out of his hair. And here comes the word of the Lord, the second time. Get up. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and proclaim the message that I tell you. Well, this time he goes as fast as he can. He gets to this huge city and he gives the shortest sermon ever given. At the top of his lungs, he shouts eight words. Forty days more and Nineveh shall be overthrown. But the shortest sermon ever sets off the largest revival ever. The largest revival in the history of humankind. To Jonah's surprise, the people are listening and they're starting to fast and they're putting on sackcloth and Jonah cannot believe his eyes. Then the king of Nineveh hears about it. And rather than throwing Jonah out of town for causing a nuisance and disrupting the city, the king gets off his throne and takes off his robe, puts on sackcloth himself, and makes this proclamation of a city-wide fasting and repentance. He wants to show that the people of Nineveh mean business. But in an interesting twist, God repents as well. He changes his mind and spares the city. So first Jonah gets a second chance to redeem himself and assumes the role of prophet as God had instructed him in the first place. But secondly, the king and the people of Nineveh get a second chance. So what can we learn from all this in today's world as we sit here in this congregation? Well, let me illustrate this with a few examples. For the last few years, we have, a small, we have had a small group of students from the Adult and Teen Challenge in Eureka working at our farm. And one of the students asked me one morning, if I could give a message at their weekly worship service. And Wednesday night in the Baptist church right here in Eureka, they, they gather every week. So I, went, and so I went there and I addressed their group. What an amazing experience to attend a church service with this group. The Spirit of the Lord was present. They were the most engaged group that I have ever addressed, taking copious notes. These students got a second chance in life. They went through the dark valley for a while. They were, ens they were ensnared by the evil one. But like the people in Nineveh, they repented. 
They acknowledged that they were on the road to destruction. And the Lord provided a second chance. The facilities here in Eureka host 70 students. It is a Christ-centered one-year program. And 83% of graduates, five years later, are free from drugs and alcohol. Higher than any other program out there. Redwood Teen Challenge has a bookstore and a coffee shop called Club 517. And inside that coffee shop and bookstore, there is a huge sign along the wall of 2 Corinthians 5.17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. I can't think of a better way to describe a second chance. What a blessing to have this great organization this beacon of hope in the midst of our community. John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace, saw his share of darkness. At age 11, he went to sea, sailed six voyages before he was pressed into the Royal Navy. And at one point, he tried to desert and he was punished in front of the crew of 350. Following that disgrace and humiliation, he contemplated killing the captain and committing suicide by throwing himself overboard. Or later he was transferred to a slave ship and he got involved in the slave trade. This headstrong kid did not get along with anyone in the crew. So they left him in West Africa with a slave dealer. And then he was abused and mistreated, just like all the other slaves. But he was rescued. But on the voyage back to England, the ship encountered a severe storm and almost sank. As the ship was filling, with, filling up with water, he cried out to God. At that very moment, the cargo shifted and plugged the hole. And the ship drifted safely ashore. Newton marked this experience as the beginning of his conversion. He began to read the Bible. And made a point of avoiding profanity and gambling and drinking. He became an ordained evangelical Anglican cleric. And Newton eventually became a prominent supporter to end the slave trade. To help see England's abolition of slavery in 1807. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. We'll be singing this hymn in a little bit. This is the ultimate hymn depicting a second chance. 
Now, 200 years before Jonah, the word of the Lord came to Solomon in 2 Chronicles 7.14. And the message was identical. If my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Friends, humble our hearts to the Lord and turn away from evil. Ask Jesus to come into our lives and to accept Him as Lord and Savior. Are you ready to make that commitment? To put your trust in the Lord? Take that second chance and maybe your last one. Commit ourselves to Christ and He will lead us on that narrow road through the narrow gate to the kingdom of heaven. Thank you. God bless you. Amen.